Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Well, amen. And after uh, just following up with what Luke said, if you want to meet Jesus Christ today, if you want to give your life to Christ, uh, you can join me up here at the altar after, after the service today. Uh, if you uh, can talk, maybe can just uh, share with the deacon or myself, and, and if you want to know how to walk with Christ, we'll, we will walk you through that process. Well, we continue our sermon series today in the book of uh, 1 Peter, and we come to an interesting topic today, a topic that affects us all. Uh, it's the topic of work. Now, uh, we all want uh, jobs, I, I think, that we enjoy we all want jobs that we appreciate. We all want jobs that are fulfilling and enjoyable. But how many have had those kind of jobs? <laughs> Some people have. So yeah, praise God. Uh, not everybody's had that. If you raised your hand right there, praise God for that. Because that's a big deal. Uh, there's all kinds of like Gallup surveys every year that come out. All kinds of... of um, uh, I guess workplace surveys that come out, and every year uh, the percentage is just, is just terrible. Up to 85% of people can't stand their jobs. Up to 85% of people, not only here in America, but around the world, they're very unhappy in their jobs. And it's, it's, a, it's a tragic thing, it's a hard thing, because we spend, what, a fourth of our life, a third of our life sometimes at work? So what do you do? Like, if you, if you got a job that, that you hate, you know, uh, last year before the pandemic hit, uh, migration, people leaving jobs and taking on new jobs, it was an all, on an all-time high. Okay, so I guess there is that, that idea. If you just hate your job, if it's a dangerous place to work, if you're not appreciated, if your boss hates you, you know, you could move on to a new job. But what if you can't? What if you're stuck? What if you have a boss, some of you are bosses here, so <laughs> just plug your ears for a minute. What if you have a boss that you can't stand? What, what if you have a boss that's cruel to you and mean-spirited and always taking advantage of you or, or running you through the mud or just doing terrible things? Well, I, I guess you, you, you could leave and find a new job, but, but again, what if you can't? What if you're stuck? All you do is cry. God's Word has some, uh, some wisdom for us. God's Word has some direction for us today. Would you please open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. How do, we, how do we live in this world of work when it's difficult and it's hard? How do we thrive at work? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. This has been a controlling text for us for several weeks if you haven't been here. We keep looking at verses 11 and 12 because it really sets the tone for how we are to live in this world. 
we as Christians are called to live holy lives in all different spheres, whether we be with the government that we looked at last week, whether it be in marriage, whether it be in work. We live holy lives. We abstain from sin and we do good. It's our calling as Christians. But Peter drills down into the workplace in a very unique way in verse 18. Servants, some of your translations say slaves, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, if you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. And pause there, please. <clears throat> you have a job and you go to work and your boss appreciates you and your boss is clapping for you all the time and, and the boss knows you're doing a good job. Hey, that's great, right? If the boss is on your side, you've got a relationship with the boss, your manager, your employer is, is an advocate, somebody that's in your corner that's wanting you to, to support you, encourage you, gives you a good wage, that's great. But oftentimes it's not the case. Uh, and so we, we come to this passage uh, asking, God, how do I go to work again tomorrow? God, how do I go to that job tomorrow where the boss just keeps doing evil things or wicked things or calls me to be a terrible uh, employee? Peter is addressing a group of people in his day that at first we might want to say, oh, that has nothing to do with us. That's ancient history. He's writing to uh, slaves. Uh, he's writing to people that were domestic servants. They were owned by people. And he's calling them to live with a certain work ethic. And so we take this and we look at it and, and we say, well, maybe, how does this apply to me? I mean, we're in a different environment. I, I've, a, I've, got a, I've got a contract with my workplace or I've got... Uh, you know, I've been hired to do a certain job there. I don't think that's the same, but just hold on a second. Um, we, when we hear slavery, of course, we think about the evil that's happened in the United States of America. The 1700s, the 1800s, uh, some of the, the terrible slavery that's taken place in, the, in, in, in our country. And, and we, we can only call it wicked. can only call it evil. Um, there, there's, no, there's no other way to look at it. But when we see slavery in, in the New Testament especially, we need to maybe step back and say, it's not the same thing. There, there was a different thing going on. And we, we listen to it from a different, different angle. Many people that became slaves in uh, the Roman Empire, they did so voluntarily. They didn't have a social security system. They didn't have a, a safety net. They didn't have any kind of government assistance, uh, government uh, subsidies. You know, I, I got a notification, I got another stimulus check in the mail the other day. Guarantee you that didn't happen in the Roman Empire, okay? Um, so people got, when famines came, when war came, when life fell apart, there wasn't any system in place to take care of people. And so oftentimes people would voluntarily enter into servitude just to stay alive, to take care of their families. Now many were born into slavery, but... Uh, the Roman Empire, the way they, they did slavery, uh, it, was, it was much different than our American, you know, tragic experience. Uh, it wasn't based on race. Anybody could become a slave. It wasn't a certain ethnic group that was targeted or anything like that. When you became a slave, it was with the understanding that eventually you'd go free. Most slaves, by the time they were 30, the government mandated that you be set free. Now, you didn't live that long, so maybe you lived to 32, but nevertheless, <laughs> 
right? You, you, you were set free. You could, uh, you could own property as a slave in the Roman Empire. You could get an education. Uh, you, you could have great jobs. You could be a, a doctor. You could be an accountant. You could be a bailiff. You could be a sea captain. You could be, you know, just the list goes on. You could be pretty much anything in the Roman Empire uh, vocationally. Uh, you're treated with respect oftentimes. Not everybody, of course. You know, there, there was certain domestic uh, uh, laborers that were uh, treated very poorly, and, and that's, that's kind of Peter's point here. Um, so what, I, what I'm saying is, is that uh, it's not that distant to think about their, their vocation, what they did, and, and our vocation, what we do. They were trying to survive just like we try to survive. They were making a living, even though oftentimes the profit didn't go to them, but to the boss. Uh, some of them had terrible bosses, as it were. Some of them had terrible masters, cruel masters, bullies, malignant masters, toxic masters, evil people that uh, told them what to do. But some of them had great employers, uh, masters. Some of them had wonderful experiences. It was, it was you know, it, was, it ran the gamut. And so I think, you know, you here today, many of you have had terrible experiences at work. You're still looking for your dream job. You're still looking for that job that, you know, makes you come alive and thrive and you get paid well, et cetera. But some, some people never get there. You know, some people never find that. You know, we're raised in, in schools to start thinking about your vocation, start thinking about your future, get, go to a great college so, so that you can go to a great job. And, but unfortunately, you know, the, <laughs> the narrative is sometimes you go to college and you get that the great college and you get the great education and you still never find your dream job or the job that fulfills you. So what do you do when, when you do have to go to work and it's not a pleasant experience? Peter starts off here with uh, some very clear uh, teaching for us. Verse 18, servants, be subject to your masters, which means obey, if we translate it to our day, obey your employer. O obey the manager, obey the boss, be subject to your masters with all respect. But what if my boss isn't a person that's worthy of respect? It doesn't matter. You show honor to that employer. You show honor to that manager. You show honor to that boss. You respect them. Be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but to the unjust. Okay, so first off, uh, what does God call us to do as employees? Now, he doesn't address masters in this context. And, and if you go to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, uh, masters are addressed there. But here Peter doesn't go there, and there's probably a reason for it. But the first thing that he wants us as employees to understand is that when we go to work as Christians, we go there and we obey the boss. Okay, We're, We subject ourselves to the boss. We submit to the boss. We do so respectfully. And in, in verse 20, you know, it says this is, we, we do it in a good way. Different translations, but, uh, but, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. We, we go to work and we say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You know, it does, doesn't matter if, if they're jerks. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're great. We, we do it regardless. We pay respect to the boss. We, we do a good job. You know, again, the whole life. We live this holy life and, and we avoid sin. We, we, we do what God says is right. We, we live this holy life and, and that includes work too. God has given spheres of authority as it were. 
Okay, so last week we talked about the government. Delegate, God has delegated authority to the government, so we obey the government because behind the government is God. Our, our uh, authority, uh, our human authority when we go to work is the boss, but God has delegated, we think, that authority as well to, um, he's behind it, in other words. Okay, uh, so the, the, the clear thing, we start off by saying, yes, sir, I respect my, my boss, I respect her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor her, I'm going to do a good job. But, but, then, but then you go to work and, hmm, Cruella DeVille <laughs> is the boss. Right? Or some malevolent kind of an evil person is the boss. And, and uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen at work. Like you can get passed over for a promotion that you deserved. You did hard work. You did hard work and somebody else got the credit. Or maybe you deserve that, that better shift at work, at the restaurant. And, and the better shift goes to the the manager's daughter or the manager's son. <laughs> Nepotism. Right? There's, there's all kinds of things that can happen. Maybe you're the Christian at work and you keep getting assigned to clean the toilets. All kinds of things. Maybe people are singling you out and, and they're, they're saying you always get the bad shifts, you always get the bad jobs, you always get the bad work. It's unfair. It's not right. What do you do? Well, you go to work, and you say, yes, sir. You say, yes, ma'am. And you do it respectfully. And you honor that employer. You honor that boss. You do a good job. Be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. This is a gracious thing. You got to look at it from the eyes of Christ. You got to look at it from the eyes of somebody who's redeemed, somebody that's been treated graciously, and you're called to live in a different way. You're called to live in a new style. You're called to live as a kingdom person. You're called to live differently, even in the eyes of evil. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. In other words, the Word of God calls us to patient endurance in the midst of a hard job, of a wicked job. Now, um, it's not easy, is it? Nobody ever said it was going to be easy. You know, sometimes we look at our kids and, and we, you know, we, want, we think about the jobs they're going to have and we wish them the best and we pray for them that they're going to have great jobs, but we know that sometimes they're going to have terrible jobs and terrible bosses and terrible managers and terrible employees. What do we tell them? We tell them, you go there, you say, yes, ma'am, you do so respectfully, you do a good job. And they're going to say, what? No, that's not right. That's unfair. And, and that's the problem. We go to work sometimes and we have this rights mentality. I deserve to be treated better. I deserve to be treated correctly. I deserve to be treated honorably. I deserve to, to be you know, treated fairly, completely. Well, well, that's nice, but that's not the real world. So it's much better to go to work with a view of God. It's much better to go to work 
asking the question, how can I honor God today? How can I serve God today? How can I glorify God today through this very difficult situation? The, the verse 19, it says, uh, why, why do we do that? Why, why do we do that? For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, we endure sorrow. In other words, Peter's saying, when you're mindful of God, when you're conscious of God, when you're aware of God, when you're living for God, you can do anything challenging, anything difficult, anything that's wrong. You can step into that and say, okay, I can do this because of God. God sees. God understands our motives, our heart. Uh, what, Peter's, what Peter doesn't want to ha have happen is this. You know, he's aware that Christianity is a minority in the Roman world. He's aware that if word gets out that Christians are always rebelling, Christians are always saying, stick it to the man. Christians are, are always, has the attitude that Christianity is going to get squashed pretty quick. But more important to Peter, he wants God to be honored. So he's, a, he's maybe afraid, maybe he's preempting something here. We don't know what's going on exactly. Maybe there's, we know there's widespread persecution among the people he's writing to, but we wonder about the slaves. What is happening to them? What's going on with them? Maybe their masters are you know, putting the screw down, screws down and they're treating them really bad. So Peter doesn't want them to respond in kind. Uh, a rights mentality says, if they treat me like that, I'm going to treat them like that. They treat me poorly, I'm going to treat them poorly. They treat me wrongly, I'm going to treat them wrongly. But Christians, we don't go there. We don't respond to a wrong with a wrong. We don't respond to an evil with an evil. That's not how we roll. That's not how we act. That's not how we live. We always choose the good. Peter just, just doesn't want them to have this, this sense of, man, the boss gave me the wrong shift again. The boss treated me poorly again. I'm going to show her. I'm going to wreck their business. I'm going to slow down my production. I'm going to be rude to the customers. I'm going to, uh, you know, sabotage the, the rolls today or something. <laughs> right? The slaves, you know, the, well, they're slaves. They, they don't have a choice. Yes, they do. You can have a group of people that are working for you that are motivated and, and energetic and they're doing a good job. Or you can have a group of people working for you that are trying to get back at you. Trying to be vindictive towards you or mean towards you. It, it's, it's an easy thing to see. Peter doesn't want them to respond that way because they're mindful of God. We want to see God honored. We want to see God worshipped. We want God to have a reputation uh, through us. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're reflecting Jesus. We're the salt and light of the world. We are going into the workplaces representing the Lord. And ultimately, we want people, like up in, up in verse 12, you know, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. We want people to think about God because of us. Man, the boss treated him terribly. Why didn't he blow up at her? Man, the boss is just ripping him off. Why, why, why didn't he get back at the boss? Why did he act righteously? Well, because he's a Christian. That's what we want to have, see happen. And we want to see people say, man, they're, they're living differently than the worldly values. They're dif living differently than how the world react because we have a different God that we worship. We don't worship manna. We don't worship the money. We don't, we're not worshiping our workplace. It's not an idol for us. Our work isn't our God. 
our promotion isn't our God, uh, our, our bank account isn't our God, Jesus Christ is our God, and we want to see him exalted in all ways, at all, if all possible, at all times. And so if you continue on with me, we, we have this great example. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you. So he's calling them to patiently endure. Um, and remember, these are people that can't get out. These are people are trapped. He's calling them to patiently endure. For this, to this you are called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Jesus' uh, self-giving life was an example. We might follow in his steps. He's, he's our pattern. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So Jesus was ridiculed. He was scorned. He was insulted. But did he re re respond with, with ridicule and scorn and hatred and evil? He did not. When he was reviled, when he was run through the mud, he did not revile in return. What did he do? And, and this, this is how we move forward in honoring our God. This is how we move forward in glorifying our God. Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In other words, instead of, of, of uh, going after that manager, you know, instead of ripping off the employer or getting even in some sense, Jesus said, I turn them over to you, God. You're the judge. You're the one who's going to make things right. You're the one who's going to straighten things out. You're the one who's going to make justice happen. Jesus entrusted himself to him who judges justly. If you are in a job right now where you're being treated cruelly, your boss is a bully, where things are being done against you that are evil, what do you do? You entrust yourself to him who judges justly. God, I don't know how you're going to work this out. I'm trapped in this job. I'm stuck in this job. I can't get out. I can't quit. I can't get a new job. Help me, Lord. But I, I, I'm not going to go the way of the world. Because once we have a rights mentality, I deserve better. This should be this way. This is unjust. This is unfair. Like you got a bunch of employees oftentimes. You see it at workplaces. They're gathered around the water cooler. They're gathered in the back of the break room. That's wrong. The boss is wrong. Unfair, unfair, unfair. And they build themselves up and they, they, they you know, like a bunch of flock of, of crows. Gawk, gawk, gawk. Just ripping on everybody. What do you do as a Christian? You don't get even. You don't, you don't become vindictive. You say, God, you take care of this. You're the judge who needs to judge this. I, I need your help. But, but, but more than that, you don't act in evil ways. You don't respond in kind. You always do what's right. And, and as, an, as an example of that, we're called to be a distinctive people, a different people, a godly people. And I don't know if you remember Jesus' words in, this, in, this, in this, this setting or this, this perspective. I think Peter's been meditating on Jesus' teachings, and, and this is what come out of it. But where does it come from? If you turn to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6. Verse 27, we are called as Christians uh, to live differently. And, and again, in the, in the context of, of 1 Peter, what does he call us? He calls us aliens and strangers. We are people that are passing through this earth. This is not our home, okay? 
Our inheritance is in heaven, and when Jesus comes back, he's going to bring it with us. We're passing through. This is not our ultimate destination, so we can live differently. We're called to live by kingdom values, by Jesus' values. And uh, so listen to what he says. Verse 27 of chapter 6 of Luke. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. And you can imagine just the slaves just plotting, oh, I'm going to get back at the owner. Or some of you have had coworkers just plotting, I can't wait to rip off the owner. I can't wait to see their face when they find all their stock is rotten. <laughs> you know, just, you just can imagine. Uh, but Jesus says, man, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. That's a countercultural way of living. That's a countercultural lifestyle. Those are kingdom values, not worldly values. Entrusting yourself to God kind of values. Look, jump down to verse 32. If, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners. Uh, a bank around here, uh, it's, an, it's not a godly thing. It's not an ungodly they, they lend money to people they think they're going to make money off of. Okay? And so you, if you just lend money to people that you care about, what, what, what's, what's that about? It's, it's, it's normal practice. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you'll be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Be merciful even as the Father is merciful. So you've been treated poorly at the, at the workplace. You've been, you've been lied to. You've been schemed over. You've been scammed. You know, you're, just, you're always getting the short end of the stick. Be merciful to those who all, don't deserve your mercy. Live as a people that freely give love away. Not romantic love, but self-sacrificing love for the benefit of other people. As we go to work, we're going to be chafed. We're going to be irritated. Uh, we're going to maybe have bosses that just, man, they're just evil. Bullies, cruel, wicked. But we do not respond in kind because we represent the Lord God. We serve Him. And so we, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to get my rights, I'm going to say, well, this is an interesting situation. I don't like it. I wish I could leave, but I can't. So how can I honor, how can I honor God in this situation? How can I do right in this situation? How can I glorify God by my response? Okay, I guess I'm going to clean the toilets again, even though it's not my turn. Okay, I guess I am going to take that poor shift, even though it's not fair. I'm going to do it in your name, Jesus. I'm going to say, yes, sir. I'm going to do so respectfully. I'm going to do the best job I can. Not because my heart naturally goes there, but because I want to see my Jesus worshipped. And I want to glorify Him. And God is conscious of your decision. He's mindful. He sees what you're doing. There's reward in that. If you look at Colossians chapter 3. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 22. And if you're taking notes, there's a parallel passage. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. But here in Colossians chapter 3, we were, I think if I'm remembering right, we, we were going through the book of Colossians last year at this time. And right around this time is when we, we hit this same passage. Chapter 3, verse 22. Bond servants. This is the Apostle Paul. He's saying, Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers. <laughs> what he means by that, don't just do a good job when the boss is looking. You know, here comes the boss. Oh, yeah, got it taken care of. And as soon as the boss goes, you know, he's saying, don't be like that. Why? But with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. How do, how do you wrap your mind around patiently enduring evil? How do you continue to go to work in a place you can't escape where the boss is cruel or your co-workers are wicked? How do you patiently endure evil? You wrap your mind around the fact that you're serving God there and not them. You tell yourself, I'm serving the Lord in this situation. I'm giving Him my work. I'm giving Him my good job. I'm doing it for Him. And that, you guys, is a beautiful thing. And that will get you through this job you're stuck in. <clears throat> Nobody appreciates you at work. Nobody says thank you at work. Nobody says, add a boy. Nobody gives you a raise. Nobody gives you a promotion. They just say, yeah, good job, you stinking Christian. Get after it. No, nobody cares. You're just, maybe you're persecuted at work. Maybe you're made fun of at work. Maybe you're ridiculed. And you're saying, like, I deserve better, God. And, and, and God says, hey, you keep working for me. You continue to go to that workplace. You continue to, to, to do a good job. You continue to do so respectfully. Can continue to do so honorably. You, do the best, you, you be the best employee at that workplace. You be the best teacher. You be the best foreman. You be the best laborer. You be the best dishwasher they've ever seen in Jesus' name. And there's reward promised. Your boss might not care. Your cruel employer might not give a rip. Like he might laugh at you. Say, Psh, what, what? I wouldn't do that if I were in their shoes. And obviously. But you know that the Lord sees. And he sees your worship at work. And it matters to him. And brothers and sisters, one day he will reward you. And he, will sell, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and enjoy your master's happiness. Our worship at work is a beautiful thing. And it's transforming. And uh, again, it does witness to something beyond the almighty buck. We are saying through our work, our sacrificial, respectful, honorable, good work, that our most important treasure is the Lord God Himself. And everything we do, we do unto Him. For His glory, and His fame, and His honor. I tell you today, go to work this week and enjoy it. I don't know if you can. 
I hope you can. I hope it's a great work week. I hope it's a, it's a work week that you, you know, feel like you're accomplishing things and you're getting stuff done and you're making a difference in people's lives. If it's not like that, I'm sorry. And, and if, if you could get out of it, I'd say, yeah, get, get another job where you can thrive. But if you can't, or even if you can't, go to your job this week and do a great job. Respect the manager, respect the boss, respect the people around you. Do it in Jesus' name. Unto His glory, unto His honor, unto His praise. This is what we've been called to in this life. But remember, you're not home yet. Remember that your reward might not come in this life. But when the king comes, where king sees what you've done, and the king says, I saw how you suffered, and I saw how you sacrificed, and I saw how you gave everything away when every, everyone was against you, and I saw that you did it in my name. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day in the presence of your master. God bless you. Would you please stand in the Lord's presence? Our Lord God Almighty, we ask for grace and power to be men and women uh, represent you well. We, we ask for grace and power, no matter what our circumstances are, that you would help us to uh, um, make much of you and serve you well. Lord God, protect us at work, protect us from evil, protect us from wicked people, from the, from the evil one. Uh, Lord, help us to pay our bills, help us to take care of our families, help us to provide um, for others. Um, but Lord, we, we say that you're our treasure. In whatever situation we're in this week, whatever we find ourselves doing, may, may we serve you well. And may you get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now, he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.